Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ate One. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Pratt, and I'm a coach and trainer for Dive Deeper Development. And I'm your other co-host, Katie Carlisle, and I've got my own Squarespace web design and training business, The Wheel Exists. And today we're going to talk about what you can do when you find yourself in an emotional and negative mindset. We're going to explore how you can flip yourself from getting into that negative space and see if you can get yourself in a much more positive and helpful mind frame. Now, the reason why this came up is that I was recently recounting to Katie uh, a really awful day that I had where just everything seemed to go wrong. I was due to deliver some training for a new client and just about everything that could go wrong did go wrong. So I woke up having slept really badly. I ended up, uh, let's just say, kissing another car on the road. So I ended up having a car accident and swapping insurance details. I then lost my mobile signal. So I lost my sat-nav, uh, but I was driving on the motorway, so I couldn't very well change it in order to get to my venue. And when I finally got to my venue, um, or at least I got to the business park, I thought it would be easy to find the place I was looking for. Turns out it wasn't. And without having mobile signal and being able to use Google apps, I had to, maps, I had to go into a nearby business, borrow a safety pin to take my SIM cards out the SIM tray from some very kind lady who tried to show me where it was. And then I went around door knocking on every single business asking, do they know where my venue is? And none of them seemed to know where it was until I was finally walked around uh, via the car route with no pavement to the venue, getting my shoes muddy. And I finally turn up at the time I'm due to start the workshop. Having arrived, I think at least, whew, I'm here, we can get started, only a slight delay. I go into the room to find, first of all, my course for managers is being filled with participants who do not manage other people, so none of the course material is relevant. And furthermore, they've been sent there, and they weren't very happy about being sent there. So, basically, car accident, got lost, couldn't find my venue, turned up late, wrong audience, wrong material, people who didn't want to play there. Everything just went wrong, and I just found myself thinking, today is a shitty day. Excuse my language, I was not happy at all. (laughs) But I did catch myself saying, do you know what, Michelle, this is not a rubbish day. It's just a rubbish morning. It's five past nine. The day hasn't even begun. But it's just showed just how easy it is to find yourself getting into that negative mindset and just taking a downward spiral. And afterwards, we were talking about the uh, the way that I was able to stay on track, but also some of the emotions that were rising up within me, which were taking me off course as well. And Katie, I know this is the sort of thing you have. Well, we all have it, really, don't we? We all, we all have one of those days or sometimes one of those weeks or even one of those months. Um, sometimes if it's really bad, it's one of those years. But um, we definitely have that where, uh, where, where, yeah, I think we could very easily let circumstances overwhelm us. And I mean, I was saying to you, Michelle, you know, I, I don't know how you managed to hold it all together. <laughs> I think the bit I think the bit that would have stressed me out was the not being able to find the venue. And I think oh, I'd have just been God. wandering around crying. <laughs> Oh, I was worth it. It was in the workshop for me, Katie, and I think I was still in shock about the car accident. I think so. I was, I was yeah. very conscious. Like I have to focus on what I'm doing now, but I couldn't stop being distracted by this horrible feeling as is this guy going to sue me? Is he going to go on the insurance? I knew I had to get it out of my head, but I really struggled. I think that's the problem. It's yeah, it's when things just really distract you, and and it's really hard to actually 
focus on what you're doing and then everything else suffers and then you feel bad about that I mean we talked about guilt in one of our very recent episodes um and I think that's the thing is that if if we're not completely focused on a task then or if we're feeling negative about something and that's seeping into everything we do then we start to feel guilty and that increases the negativity and then you're in a kind of vicious vicious cycle um and I know I had something similar like um as I'm sure you all know me and Michelle both moved house recently um when we were selling our house it was in Whaley Bridge which was the town that was kind of facing imminent destruction by the dam breaking and so I I you know I was I was really struggling with negativity then and, and kind of going oh our house sale's going to fall through Whaley Bridge is going to get flooded uh, you know I, I I wasn't living there at the time but we were selling a house and also had lots of friends there obviously still have a you know, massive fondness for the town and I, I just I really struggled to kind of focus because I was just so upset about everything that was going on and so worried and it was the it was the unknown I think that was what I find the most stressful is not knowing what's happening um you couldn't get any information at that point could you because because the estate agent had been evacuated only the emergency services yeah, knew the sli- and, yeah. and the solicitors yeah yeah exactly so like they they were all on the high streets. So they all got evacuated, um, and so it was just it was really hard for me to to focus on anything. But then I felt bad for not focusing on it, and then ended up in that in that that kind of that loop. Um, thankfully, it all was fine in the end. And now this is the first we're in our new house. It's the first podcast I'm recording in our new house, so Ooh. that's exciting. Um, so and actually, that's the thing is that I don't know if you find this, Michelle, but like when you've got that kind of negative mindset like I definitely have it where I kind of you know convince myself everything's going to go wrong but actually more often than not it works out yeah it it does in the end I think you get to the end of the day and you realize that oh it wasn't that bad and of course I'm a resourceful person and I'll find my way through it and you know oh well it's all all done but it's very easy to say that afterwards I just think at the time like you say those emotions rise it has a bit of an escalating effect and even though you know like rationally that you should be just focusing on what's important and looking at the bigger picture very hard to do like I say I was in a state of shock and when we are upset or scared or feeling like we're out of control or left with no information very very hard to to get that that kind of emotion level down to a point where you can be a bit more rational about it it's 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 just tricky isn't it Exactly. So we're going to be looking at different ways that you can tackle your own negative mindset, but we're also going to look in this episode at how you can deal with other people who have a negative mindset. So if you've got clients or if you're working with people who always just seem to bring the the negative elements into the situation, how can we deal with that? Yeah. So Michelle, let's start. Let's start with ourselves. We'll we'll have to work on ourselves before we work on other people. Well, yeah, but sometimes other people can be that trigger, can't they? Other people can be the thing that well, sets that's off. True. Yeah, that is true. Yes, yeah, so actually, like irritating people is yeah. definitely a big a big trigger <laughs> for negativity. Um, and, and that's interesting. You mentioned like triggers actually um yeah totally i think i think that one of the things you we can the first thing before we try and think well how do i get out of it i think it's really important just to to spot 
the trigger, isn't it? It's, 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 they call they use that word trigger. Anything that sets you off, you can call it a hot button, uh, a sore point, whatever it is for you. But I think one of the things before, before we can even deal with it is just to recognise when it's happening. And I know that sounds really easy for someone. If you're someone who finds it easy to bring your emotions to the surface, you'll probably spot that dead easy. But I'm not always... I don't find that so easy. So sometimes I'll find myself irritable, uh, but I don't really, I'm not really aware that's because I'm under pressure or I'm annoyed or I'm under stress. I just, um, I just, I don't know. I don't even notice it. So I think one of the things I've had to get better with over the years is just spotting those things which trigger me off, Katie. So you're absolutely right. I mean, you mentioned irritating people. I think arrogant people would do that for me. That'd be one of my hot buttons. Um, and drama, I think, is another one of my hot buttons, is if I really hate drama, and I know some people revel in it, but if someone is making something really dramatic, making it sound really big, and they're really kicking up a stink or a fuss or getting caught up in a whole bunch of stuff, making it very dramatic, that will get my heckles up immediately, and I'm likely to get either quite defensive or to get quite short with people, and I could just feel myself doing it. So I know that, yeah, arrogance, drama people, irritating people, all of those things that that really just kick kick me off and I think that's where I start to respond from an emotional place as opposed to a more positive and helpful professional place <laughs> what, what, <laughs> I know what about Is you that... okay I, I know we've all got our own little uh, our own little foibles what what sort of things get you going I think for me like a big one is all around like injustice and or, or, or kind of perceived injustice you know like if, if you've if you've gone out of your way to do something helpful but then somebody's still really funny with you know ungrateful or um or, or even even like you know shouting at you I had it wasn't a work situation but um I I had I had a thing uh, a couple of years ago where I, I was behind a, a lorry that was driving through the town centre of Whaleybridge and it it crashed as it was driving it crashed into another car and like knocked the other car's wing mirror off but just kept driving oh, nice. and so I was there like Oh, Nancy Drew remembering the number plate and the make and model of the van and everything. And I wasn't in a place to stop until I'd turned... And, oh, no, that's right. I was behind them. Um, and so I didn't want to, like... I didn't want to, like, pull over while they were there in case they saw me and thought that I was going to throw them into the police. So I waited for them to turn off. And then I pulled in. And I'd pulled in just around the corner. And this lady came out and said, Oh, you can't park here. It's a private parking space. And I was like, oh, don't worry. I've just witnessed an accident and I'm just calling the local police thinking she'd be like, oh, okay then. And she was like, well, you still can't park here. And I'm like, well, I'm not parking. I'm just literally stopping for two minutes to make a phone call and do a good thing. And she's like, you need to move your car. You can't park here. And I was a bit like, but, but, but I'm trying to be good. And you're shouting at me. I don't understand what's happening here. And so, so then I was like, right, she's on my list. <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> so, a list. That's interesting. I like that. A, oh yeah. You don't want to be on my list. You don't want to be on my list. I'm really scared. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. I don't want to be on your list. Um, it's not a very big list. <laughs> you're not, I promise. Um, yeah. So, so I think stuff like that, where actually, you, you know, you're trying to do the right thing and you're still getting loads of crap for it. That really annoys me. Um, and I think just people just taking the mick really as well. You know, people trying to push the look or, yeah, not being particularly grateful if you've gone out of your way to help. I think that does annoy me. I'm not expecting people to be like, thank you so much, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. But just, you know, an acknowledgement, I think, is nice. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely one for people me. People being self-centered as well. And also, I also find I go the other way. Whereas if, if people irritate me or get dramatic, I'll probably likely come out swinging. It's if, uh, metaphorically, by the way, not physically, I'm not a, not a fighter. <laughs> but, um, but also things like if there's too many people, like I can do training sessions in front of hundreds of people. I've done training to 150 people from the stage. But um, uh, if I were in a networking event with just too many people, I find that emotionally quite overwhelming, which is weird because I'm used to speaking in front of people but something about a networking event with with just a room with too many people all talking to each other I find I start to withdraw within myself so instead of like fight and flight getting all kind of fighty I get I just get make myself smaller I go within myself I start acting a bit weird like a bit antisocial, which is not me at all um but I could I've just only like now as I'm turning 40 in a few weeks have I started to notice that Ooh. rooms for the people like really make me withdraw within myself and get like I say get a little bit antisocial. and I'm not that's just not me at all it's really weird but I just kind of have to start recognizing that and understanding what's going on and starting to deal with it because obviously that's the situation I do I do find myself in as well yeah definitely and I think I mean I, I recognize that as well I think that's something that we both talked about in the episode about networking which I think was episode 11 um I'm the same I'll just stand in the corner and kind of just nonchalantly sip my wine and hope that somebody comes and talks to me and yeah I'm the same I'll happily talk to a thousand people in a conference or something but put me in a room that's billed as networking and I'm just (gasps) panic it does get Um, panic and sometimes it's the situation and the the environment as well if I'm tired or ill I find it very hard to get outside my own head and notice other people and so sometimes your trigger might be a particular situation as opposed to a person or a feeling if you're too hot if you're too hired if you're kind of person that gets hangry if you hate being in a car and you get road rage any of these can be the kind of things that really set you off um as well so i think in terms like when you we do find ourselves in these situations i think it is useful just to observe and just to notice what are the things that set you off so that you can have a bit of a plan or know how to cope with it when they do present themselves and of course in the moment i think there are things we can do and katie and i were thinking suggestions what can you do if you find yourself in a bit of a a flap i mean katie what what are some of yours like if when you find yourself in that thing you were describing what what did you do or what what do you do when you find yourself getting a little bit worked up or getting a bit panicky i think for me i i find it really helpful to talk it through with somebody or even if it's just by a you know by message or something i think i th- i almost need to just sort of get it out of my system as much as i can uh i'm, I'm not brilliant at letting go it's something i'm working on um so so if if there is something that's kind of making me feel negative or that's gone wrong I do find it really hard to just kind of put that to one side and keep and keep going. It is there, sort of. You know, you were saying about the car; you kept worrying about it. I'm the same. It keeps keeps going in my mind. Um, but I think one one thing that helps me to kind of come down from like a level, you know, ten to a level four, in terms of how bad I'm feeling about it, is definitely talking it through with somebody, um, and just kind of yeah, like getting it getting it out of my system and sharing it with people um even if it's actually just writing it down in some way like like I've done it before where I've, I've sort of thought about posting something on social media because I've been upset by something and actually just the act of writing it was quite cathartic and I didn't end up posting it because I didn't because I decided it was too negative or whatever um sometimes I will post a rant on social media if I'm particularly annoyed by something yeah. um, but I think just getting it out I think it's that kind of yeah cathartic 
thing. It, it, um, it, it is really helpful to do that, isn't it? Because I, when I had my really shitty day, as I'm calling it, um, like I did end up speaking to my wife about it. And when I first sort of came home, we went out for a walk, actually. And, and walking is a big one for me. I do like to go out for a walk and just get some fresh air and clear my head. And it changes your physiology. It changes your energy levels as well. But my initial reaction was... I said to Bex, well, look, I don't really want to talk about it because I'm worried that if I talk about it, I'll just relive it. And if I recount the details, I'll just get it going round and round in my head and I'll work myself back up and I'll resurface all those horrible feelings I've been dealing with all day. And I'm finally in a calm state. I'd quite like to not think about it. But I did find myself talking about it to her. But because it was some hours later, I think I did. I did feel better for getting it off my chest. And I think if I hadn't, I probably wouldn't have slept as well as I did. So I think you're right. Talking to someone, perhaps not unloading or reliving it. Or again, try not to talk to someone who will make drama out of it. But maybe just getting it off your chest in a really Mm. helpful and supportive way. That can be really valuable. Yeah, that's such a good point, actually. Like the, the kind of the audience that you choose to share to makes a difference. And I think... Um, I mean, we've talked about the uh, the kind of the pity party in one of our earlier episodes. It was episode 18 where we talked about how to deal with social media, especially, but just generally being in, surrounded by people who, who are kind of almost enabling you to or enabling other people to be negative all the time yeah. and how you, how you deal with that kind of, oh, my life is terrible. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, yes, it is so hard, isn't it? And so I think you have to be careful that you're, you're sharing with somebody. If you want to change your negative mindset into a positive one, you need to find the right people and kind of know the people in your, in your network, either you know, personal or professional, who will be able to help you work through it and actually get to the point where you're, you know, you're not just sat there dwelling on it because somebody's encouraging you to dwell on it somebody who'll help you to get out of that funk and help you to raise your mood or something that will help you to raise your mood as well yeah that's true and I mentioned like walking I or just a few deep breaths as well if you can't get out I quite like just a bit of mental space or physical space one of the two but I I do find taking a few deep deep breaths just pausing and like trying to just try yeah take a few deep, deep breaths and calm down I'm quite good I'm quite chilled anyway but I'm quite good at calming down but there is some science behind that and it does go to show that apparently breathing is very good it gets more oxygen to your brain and the more oxygen you can get to the brain the kind of the more clear greater clarity of thinking you'll have it helps you think on your feet whereas you start to crumple down in a heap and squash your diaphragm you're you're restricting the airflow if you you know go all fight and you know lift up your chest and go on the front foot that can also squeeze the diaphragm so it won't go massively into that but there is some science behind breathing it does actually help you think with greater clarity as well so they're good and of course failing that swearing someone said that to me the other day she says if she has a bad call <laughs> and uh, she works with customers and she said if she has bad customers she just swears a bit under her breath <laughs> and then carries on and i think in that that probably does actually feel quite good <laughs> Yeah, I've got a uh, I've got a Spotify playlist called Feel Better and sometimes I put that on and it's generally music I can sing along to really really loudly at the top of my voice and I think that sometimes helps me as well just to kind of again like channel that pent up because for me it is almost takes the form of almost like energy like pent up energy when I'm when I've got that sort of frustration or everything's going wrong and I'm panicking it almost feels like it's all building up inside and it needs an outlet and to me yeah sort of singing loudly sometimes I will go for a drive purposely just to have the radio on really loud and just sing along really loudly to it with no one here to like judge me and listen to me um 
but neighbors probably appreciate it too yeah because you um, know my one my song for that is bangles manic monday i don't know why but that is just a happy song for me that's a great tune exactly so yeah exactly that's good. yeah so i've got various ones that are just allow me to kind of and you talk about energy there katie i also happen to know you do do a bit of cleaning when you want to uh, get yourself in a slightly I better do, state. I do. Yeah. That's a weird one for me. That, that's, like a, that's like a chore, but... <laughs> it's because I think it makes me feel in, in control. And I think that's a lot of the time when I feel quite... Like, if stuff's going wrong, I feel quite kind of out of control of the situation. And so cleaning is something that I feel is, yeah, it kind of puts me more in control. Um, I mean, I'm not like full Monica or anything, but... Um, but yeah, I think it, it's something. I also use it for procrastinating. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, the house really needs a clean or a tidy. And I think just that kind of, for me, like a, you know, like a, I, I, I'm a very attention to detail person, and and I guess cleaning has that. And I think the other thing, I've, like I've been, um, I've been uh, seeing a, a counselor recently, and we've been talking about mindfulness, and I, I. I resist mindfulness so badly. Like I really, really resist it. Every time I try it, I'm just like, this is stupid, it's boring, it's rubbish. And one of the things we were talking about was actually that it's it doesn't have to be this kind of, it doesn't have to have any kind of the, the more spiritual side of it, not even spiritual, but you know where it's kind of the, the very sort of, observe the droplets of glass running down the side of the water, uh, feel how it feels and yeah it's all that it just doesn't do it for me but actually he was saying well just focusing is mindfulness yes so yeah, like, yeah that's what I've been trying to do I've been trying to do mindful cleaning recently uh to train myself into that so 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 I'm not doing it in a kind of very again I'm not kind of going okay I'm going to observe the dust floating across the floor but I am putting all my focus into it and you know because I've got that attention to detail there's a lot for me to focus on because I'm like okay right yeah I'm going to make sure that that's clean okay I'm going to do that and I am just focusing myself on it to try and train myself to be better at that focus because I think if you can do that that mindfulness I think is so so helpful and and I'm I'm fully bought in to the benefits of mindfulness it's just the practice of it. I haven't found the right way to do it for me yet. Yeah. So that's what I'm experimenting with at the moment is trying different ways to be mindful um, and, and, and training my mind to be able to do that so that if I do get to the point where I'm very negative or I'm panicking, that I can sort of intervene with myself rather than relying on other people to help me. Uh, like you say, just focusing, just just being in the present. And I think that is a really valid way of doing it. And um but you, like I, I do that with walking or just being outdoors you know I've done it where I've just watched a, like a bee and a flower or just watch ants just watch them through me and it just focus on something just one thing rather than all those uh, things racing around your head and you do find your heart rate slows and again that just gets you back to the calm place if, I, if I'm a bit angry or frustrated I find that one difficult um but um, the, the kind of swearing would probably work better for me in that circumstances. Again, there is science behind the swearing, by the way. Um, but um, but, I, but if I'm sad, then it's more likely, or a bit, a bit, feel a bit down or depressed, then it's more likely to, do, I just ask for a hug. 
um, which is if from if it's someone I know <laughs> uh, and get on well with or my partner or whatever. If someone's there, I feel I can hug them and a hug can do it. But all of these things we're mentioning, if you spot your triggers, then yeah, whatever works for you. A, a lady told me last week, she, she looks at a picture of her pet on her phone. So she's got a dog and um, whenever she's on a bit of a downer with a client or something, she just looks at a picture of a dog and it instantly makes her happy. So anything to shift your, shift your state um, can be really good. So important to spot those triggers, but also have a few things i would love to know what for the people listening i'd love to know what works for them if you've got any quirky ones like cleaning in my opinion and uh, then do share it with us because uh, all suggestions <laughs> gratefully received especially after the day i had last week <laughs> yeah definitely and so that there are guess some good um kind of that that's the kind of the quick solutions aren't they they're like the instant instant win low-hanging fruit options but if we've if we're really struggling or if we've really got that kind of if we're just feeling really negative or trying to deal with a lot of kind of negativity or everything's just going wrong like is is there stuff that we can do to, to kind of i guess like train ourselves to deal better with negativity rather than having to need a solution yeah or are there other tips that we can do that maybe delve a little bit more into the kind of mindset stuff yeah I think there is more we can do and um, like you say Katie sometimes it is a bit more comp complicated than taking just a few deep breaths we do need something a little bit bit more and I think there is a difference there between containing or managing your emotions in the moment which is kind of what you're getting at there isn't it we know with the long-term solution and then actually then expressing them or dealing with them so I think there's an immediate reaction which most of us have to deal with we can't panic or flip out in front of clients or when we've got a, got a deadline so a few deep breaths breaths or a quick walk or a dance to your happy tune dance to bangles is fine uh, but then in the long term we do need to do something a little bit little bit more and so as well as just spotting your trigger triggers i think another thing to look out for is is some of those habits that we fall into which might a bit more long term as katie was saying um so okay it might be worth looking at some of some of those so i know some of the things that people do one of the ones i fall into um I fall into kind of this thinking trap in psychology they call them cognitive distortions but most of us I would call it self bullshit um I would just call it self 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 lies when we we get ourselves into something wrong but like I'm quite guilty of just magnifying things. So I normally find that we're going to get a bit of a state about something. Um, we fall into these bad thinking habits. So one for me is definitely magnifying things out of proportion. Something that I, this turns out to be quite straightforward. I normally find that I've blown it up into a big deal. It's a lot more dramatic in my head than it is. So that's a, a good example. Another one is like, you know, when you, is the opposite, I suppose, is minimalizing it and just blithely ignoring things are going on and you, you stick your head in the sand and actually they probably do need your attention. You mentioned procrastination and that's a great way of, of minimalizing um, that. So there's a few thinking habits. Kate, any, any thinking habits you can think of that people might fall into that they might need a little bit of a, a bigger or stronger steer I think definitely one habit for me is is kind of jumping to conclusions or making assumptions about things so like if I you know if if a client doesn't reply to me sometimes my my kind of if I'm in if I'm in a kind of negative place if I if I'm not getting a reply like, they've not replied because they hate the website they hate the website they wish they'd never booked me uh so it's terrible and you know the reality is they're, they're almost certainly just busy and they haven't had a time to look at it yet and you know it's it's very rare that if I get negative feedback it, it it's when I expect it <laughs> not, not that it completely takes me by surprise um but actually I think yeah I, I do just kind of make assumptions and think um 
oh, I, I kind of make everything worse. And then I think another one would be kind of spiraling stuff out of control. So like kind of, yeah, that sort of um, calamit- calamitizing, yeah. I guess would be the word. So th- I think that would definitely be a trap that that I've kind of you know heard people talking about oh, you know, if I don't get this client, then I won't be able to do this, and then I won't be able to do this, and then this will happen, or, and just kind of thinking about the worst case scenarios. Uh, yeah. I think when you're in that negative place, it's hard to kind of think positively. Yeah, it is. And, and do you know what? It makes us, like, you mentioned, like, assumptions, and, and you mentioned, like, the calamitizing. and the problem is, and you're, and you're so right, and the problem is when we do that, and we work ourselves into a bit of a state where we do that, and so we jump to conclusions, we then start to go on the defensive, and then so maybe we're a bit desperate, or a bit panicky, or a bit short, or abrupt, because someone hasn't come back to us, and then because we are kind of a bit short, or a bit abrupt, or because we're a bit panicky, the other person then gets defensive, and they get panicky, and then we see them getting panicky or defensive, and then we think, oh, <laughs> Oh, there we go. I told you I was right. I told you they were mad at me. Now I get more defensive and that actually causes the problem we were anticipating. It becomes a self-fulfilling expectation, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think I I have um, one of my big things is, is I don't want to inconvenience anybody. But sometimes I spend so much time worrying about being an inconvenience that that then becomes the inconvenience I'm trying not to be. So I definitely think that's that's um another trap to avoid um i think maybe another one is taking everything really personally i think that's something that as freelancers we're probably quite prone to doing to say oh you know maybe the client was having a bad day but you but you kind of think but you but you take it to you take what they say to personally and read more into it than there needs to be and and kind of either kind of blame yourself and or or kind of see yourself as a victim and and blame somebody else and and just kind of making everything more personal when yeah. it isn't necessarily it is it's really interesting when we do that it's not it's not like oh they didn't like my suggestion it becomes they oh they don't like me you know we're we're they the hate me, yeah. and it's really funny that people can put themselves at the center of the universe and i i do this as well you know you either think oh i'm wholly responsible therefore i take all the blame thus putting myself at the center of the universe or i tell myself i'm the victim and therefore you know that everyone else to blame and therefore putting myself at the center of the universe and then we sometimes get out of proportion and forget that everybody's not thinking about us it's actually they've got their own stuff going on and um I'm, i've been doing a coaching course uh, with a, one of the teachers as a therapist and she says like we'll look out for the three p's okay so you can spot yourself being triggered or in some of these negative thinking habits when you do the three p's and she said um, this is where you start to spot patterns where there aren't any she says the three p's are personalization um we think things are personal we think that are permanent and we think they are pervasive so we think they're personal like we are the victim or we are to blame um and then we start to take it about us rather than the thing that we did she said we think we then think they're permanent like oh why is it always like this why do i always do this oh this is just a horrible situation to be in and we talk as if it's going to act um last forever and the other one's pervasive we then start to see it everywhere so i like disagree with my friend I hit every set of traffic lights um I get something wrong with a client um you know I, oh, I, I crash off my diet or whatever and we go oh that's it there you go it's everywhere I'm just useless I'm just cursed it's everywhere I can't get my friendship right can't get the work right can't get my health and fitness right and so we get into these three p's and so it was a good sign that we fall into one of these these thinking traps and actually this is where our negativity or this emotional state we end up in is a result of our own thinking as opposed to 
uh, something external, something somebody else has done. And this is where Katie is saying, well, perhaps maybe we need a different solution. So look, I'll share with you one um, that David David Rock uh, had. He had a couple of suggestions. He's he's the he, he's the head of the Neuro Leadership Institute, and he's been looking at a lot of neuroscience. And he he had a few suggestions as to how we can stop um, going over what he calls tripwires or I've used the term flipping here. And he says, if you find yourself going into a thinking trap, he says there's two two suggestions. The first one he suggested is labeling. So he recommends labeling the emotion as opposed to um, making it part of a characteristic. So he says, instead of saying, oh, this is, oh, this whole thing's a disappointment, oh, this whole thing's a total failure, just label the emotion. So say things like, I am disappointed or I feel angry, or I feel like I've been let down. And he says that the, just labor, just calling out that emotion, just labeling what it is you're feeling rather than pointing to the world around you, he reckons that will take the sting out of any emotional, um, the charge out of any emotional situation. Kate, did, I don't know, did that resonate with you? Because I don't know, I don't use labeling a lot, but he says that should do it a lot of the time. Have you ever tried that? Or do you reckon that would work for you? I think in terms of reframing, it helps. Yeah, I think rather than sort of making a sweeping statement or, you know, saying like, oh, um, I don't know, everything's terrible to say, oh, I feel emotional right now um, about something. And I think actually what what helps in addition to labeling it is is setting setting a time frame for it. Because like you were saying that permanent, one of the permanent P's, um, I think if you say, I'm just feeling a bit upset right now or I'm just I'm just struggling a bit right now or I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. Even just saying the words right now takes away that permanence yeah, that's because good. it's I like not that. like yeah, whereas I'm guilty of saying, you know, like oh, everything's terrible, you know. And 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 that 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 implies that kind of that the pervasiveness and also possibly more permanence as well. Um so no, I think that I think that that can help. Um I like that. I like I like that right now thing. That's really good. Yeah, I think it can be it can be hard as well. Like like I, I'm the opposite of you, Michelle. I'm not chilled at all. So I'm very good at recognizing my emotions. I'm not very good at necessarily taking steps to manage them. Um, so I think it's about knowing how you work and recognizing how you operate. So I know for a fact one of my big triggers um, is plans changing. I do not deal well with stuff not going how I expect it to go like I'm a proper planner and so um if something happens like um like the other day um I've been I've been working on um been working on a website for a client and it's 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 been really cool actually because it's basically something that I've been wanting to do for ages where they've they've already had the mock-ups done by somebody else so somebody else has done the design and I'm just building it on Squarespace and that's what I really want to do um and so I've, I've been really enjoying building this site and I'd shared a kind of preview with my clients, but with the caveat of, you know, it's not quite ready yet, but just so you can see how it's coming along. But then I got, um, without any kind of additional email or context or anything, I just got a Google drive shared with me with like loads of lists of all the things that were wrong with it. And so I was like, oh, I hadn't even realized that the designers were going to be inputting on it and also I hadn't expected them to be inputting on it at this stage because it's not ready yet and so then I panicked because it was not because it was unexpected but I think one of the things I recognize about myself is that I will have an initial panic 
but after a little bit of time once I processed it that panic subsides and so I did I did you know I did some of the tips that that help in the short term and so I, I actually messaged Michelle and said um oh I've, I've just I don't know, I've just got this feedback of of all these problems that they've got and and it was phrased quite kind of matter-of-factly um and I was a bit like and again it's that sort of like no acknowledgement of the fact that I've done a really good job and I've bent Squarespace to you know to my will and made it do all these things that my client had previously been told by another developer weren't even possible and I've made them happen but no no recognition of that um and so I was just feeling a bit sorry for myself but I you know talked talked about with Michelle and just took a bit of a step step back from it and actually um I even said to my client look I wasn't expecting them to feed back and it wasn't really ready yet um so I said but I'll do you know I'll, I'll go through the requests um when I've got a moment and then literally two minutes later I went back and was like do you know what they're quite simple and actually most of them make sense so I might as well just go through them now and I was like I'll just do a couple and in the end I did all of them within like 10 minutes and it was really easy um and I think just knowing like like how you operate so that you know okay I'm going to panic now, but it will be okay in the future. Yeah. I don't always manage to do that, but I try and communicate that to people as much as possible so they know. Like I, I say to people, look, if you if you tell me something, I might freak out. Just give me two minutes and come back to me. I'll be right. Um, so I think that that helps if, yeah. you can, if you tell people in advance how you are. I mean, it's not always appropriate to share that with some clients. I have some clients that I do tell that to. Um, if, if, if we've, maybe if we've had a situation I will use that as an example to say look I'm sorry if I was a bit stressy about that I do panic that's good I like it because I like, like like just not only labeling it but actually speaking it out loud to somebody else as well because I was chatting to Bex last night we got a whatsapp group with some friends and something had really rankled me it really peed me off but I, I kind of knew rationally that there was no reason to like what was being asked of me was was not only reasonable it was what I wanted but something about it had really rankled me and I kind of sensed it wasn't really related to what was going on it was some kind of residual thing from something else and I'd, I'd come to that conclusion some days ago but I did actually turn around to Bex last night and said do you know what this has really really annoyed me I feel really annoyed or rejected or left out or something um but I know it's not rational and I know it's got nothing to do with this. Would you mind handling that? Because I know that, that I'm just not, this is just not a rational, and a, 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 a natural reaction. And, and actually just having said those words to her, I know this isn't real. It's just something unrelated that has, I've associated with that that's made me do it. Just saying it out loud to her and actually talking about it like as a tangible thing. I did feel better actually. And I, that has actually, because it was eating away, but speaking it out loud definitely helps. So I love what you're saying there about not just labeling it and, and using the right now, but saying it out loud to someone. And you kind of touched on something else there, which is was the second thing David Rock says. And he talks, he calls it cognitive reappraisal. But Katie, I think you and I might just call that reframing. So, um, you know, I think you were saying to me, if you get some unexpected feedback, their initial reaction might be, oh, they're giving me this feedback this feels like they're disappointed at me or they're having a go at me or they don't like my work. Actually, one of the things is different ways of doing this is you can reframe it by just reinterpreting it. So not that they give me negative feedback, but that they're trying to help me make the product better or they're trying to help me make me grow and develop. He also said there were three other kinds of, of reframing and reappraisal. And I really, I really like all of them, actually. He said another one was normalising. So if you find yourself in a bad thinking habit and it gets you into a negative state, reminding yourself that it's perfectly normal and that everyone else goes through it too can make you feel a hundred times better. So just stuff like everybody makes a mistake. Everybody has an off day. Do you know what I mean? Normalising is a good one. 
Um, he also suggests like um, reordering. So, to, to, and I guess you'd call this a bit of perspective. So, like with a car accident, the guy texts back and said, "Look, the car isn't damaged. Nobody's hurt." everything's okay and it, it was so easy to focus on the, the the cars bumping and the accident and all this stuff in the moment but actually when you scale out and measure something against other values such as health life the grand scheme of things you we heard you know on the news there's been a lot of tragic news recently at the time of recording 39 people have been found dead in the back of a lorry container compared to all that even brexit looks small do you know what i mean so this reordering and reprioritizing can help and he said another way to to reappraise or reframe it is to just to reposition it to put yourself in someone else's shoes so how does it look from the other person's point of view how does it look from a client's point of view what would your um wise uncle say about it what would your best mate say about it all this kind of repositioning so he said these different ways of reappraising the situation can make you feel a hundred times better and i really like that i like that way of doing it Yeah, I think definitely the reframing is really helpful because actually, like if I if I've got some feedback, so in this case that I was just talking about, actually I was like, do you know what? If I if I address this really, if I go through and address this really quickly and professionally and and make the changes, then that can help to create a good relationship with this design company, and then they might be really impressed with how quickly I've dealt with it and give me more work. And I think, you know, and I, I think for me, because I'm such a perfectionist, I was thinking, oh, they, you know, I only wanted them to see it when it was ready and, and, and ideally they wouldn't have had any feedback. Um, and I was thinking, oh yeah, they must, they must be really upset with me because like, I haven't recreated their designs like faithfully. And actually they probably are used to people doing a much worse job because I know I've got really good attention to detail and I, I know that, that I can do well and I'm sure they have a much longer list for other people that do similar things uh, and so I just have to kind of remind myself actually like no I have done a good job and also the client was delighted with it and she was like literally sent me a message with like all capitals saying like hi Katie it's amazing I'm so happy I love you and I was just like yeah okay that's what's it that's what's yeah, important yeah they, they didn't really. say oh my god don't work with her she screwed up our beautiful design they said oh like okay here's what we'd, we'd amend so we'd do anything that could show tacit approval you know yeah so having that little word with yourself can help and having getting or finding someone will have that word with you can be really useful. Yeah, definitely. And I think actually, like you were saying about seeing it from the people's perspectives. And I think when you were doing anything with clients, trying to empathize with them is probably one of the most powerful things you can do. Because if, if you can see it from their perspective of, well, actually, this is what they were expecting. And if you, you know, some, some clients is even in the best, with the best preparation, if you say to them, look, I'm going to show you something. This is the first draft. It's not how it's going to be finished, but it helps for you to see it as it's a work in progress because it means that we don't go too far along the, you know, in the wrong direction. No matter how many times you prepare them for it, you will always get some clients that panic because it isn't the finished article and they can't see how it will look finished and they'll focus on one bit of it. But if you think of it from their perspective of, okay, well, this is what I imagined and then this is what I'm seeing and this isn't what I asked for and that isn't right and that's my brand and that's really important to me. So I think just seeing it from their perspective and understanding, okay, yeah, do you know what? Like, it's going to be hard for some people to see it and and for some in some cases you just have to kind of go, okay, you're, you know, you're not in a position to be able to, to feed back on this. We have to go in this, continue on this direction and hope it's the right one because it's, it's the true. only way we're going to yeah. get meaningful feedback. It's, it's um, so true. And I, go on, Katie. No, I was just going to say, I think that like 
trying to see something from their perspective is probably if you're having conflicts or, or having any kind of trouble that's yeah, the first I, thing to do I would say I agree with that completely I, I've been doing a lot of conflict resolution and challenging conversations courses recently and th- that is the number one thing I've tried to impart upon people and I don't think they they like it sometimes I say look put yourself in that person's shoes and we did an exercise with a woman this week and asked her to look at it from the perspective of the other person and by the time we finished she said oh I actually feel feel bad I feel quite bad for him now but he'd been so mean and horrible to her she didn't want to put herself in his shoes but you're right Katie empathy and it has been proven as well that when the minute you lift yourself out of your own situation and your own emotions and put yourself in the shoes from the other person your emotional levels come down significantly but you feel much more generous and much more open towards the other person and you might not want to do it if that person's been a thorn in your side but empathizing with the other person not only makes you feel better but actually you make more informed choices the other one i would add to that is curiosity and maybe that maybe that comes first is raw and i like to use the phrase to people you know be curious not furious whether it's at yourself or with other people get curious first instead of getting angry <laughs> go well why did this happen ask okay so what's going on here or that's interesting what's caused that reaction or what have they seen that's triggered that because that didn't match with my perception or why why are they behaving that way has did their dog die this morning did something happen to them you know what be curious and again curiosity is another one of those mindsets a bit like empathy which just gets your um your 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 negative emotion levels levels down but helps you think with much more clarity but also gives you more and and i do think that's tricky for people and i think this is the thing a a chap said to me yesterday when i was talking to this subject in a a training session with him he said it's like a muscle michelle he says i don't find this easy but i think it's like a muscle i think i have to practice being able to switch from a a negative state into a positive he said i find it difficult because my his life is such that life has taught him that there's a lot of negative stuff to look out for and that's his go-to position so he's asking me well what can i do to use this muscle to practice being able to get out of a you know being put into a negative state by someone to get back to the positive and the the conclusion that we came to together was just practice so bit like your attitude with mindfulness katie i suggested uh, gratitude to this guy and a bit like you when i first heard about people talking about gratitude i thought it sounded like this spiritual airy fairy fluffy stuff and i thought it was all a bit of a but anything that comes a trend i think you loses a bit of credibility and loses its way a bit but I did do an online course where you do a bit of gratitude and I just said to this guy, look, five minutes every day, either in the car or in the shower or when you first wake up, just focus on all the things that you're really grateful for. Focus on the strengths that you have, the things that you're proud of, the love that you have in the life. Think about how can you be grateful for your problems and just focus on that for five minutes every day. Journal it if you want to. Do it at the end of the day and every single day. Just practice refocusing your attention to the positive, a bit like you practicing that mindfulness mindfulness mindset. And if you do struggle with getting your focus to that yourself, the other thing you could do is have someone spot you. So you know, tell a friend, if, you know, say to them, look, if I do get panicky to begin with when I get a bit of negative feedback, could you just catch me doing it and then just remind me and talk it through with me? and sort of talk me round and then if you have someone spot you you'll be able to to catch yourself do it but also bring it round as well that can be hard if you're freelance actually if you're on your own yeah exactly it's like trick 
Yeah, I guess that's where like it makes a difference having a community or, you know, even even if it's like a Facebook group, if you can just kind of go on and kind of go, look, I'm in this situation and, and, I, and I know I need to just sort myself out. Can, can you guys just kind of give me a bit of a cheer or a bit of a pep talk? And, and I, you know, I think actually if, if you know what you're asking for, then it can it can be quite easy to find somebody who's willing to do it. I think one of the things that people struggle with is when when you're negative and they don't know how to help, it's a challenge. But if you're giving them clear instructions on how to help, then I think it's easier for a lot of people because you know, people don't want to say the wrong thing and they don't want to upset you. But if you're saying, actually, this is what I want you to tell me, I give you permission to say this, um, then it, it makes yeah, it easier definitely. for them to help as well. Um, so I think we've kind of we've sort of touched on, um, you know, when, when you've got kind of clients who are negative or just people that you're working with. But I think I'd just like to expand on that a little bit more to say, like, you know, we, we've talked about how to deal with our own negativity, but how, how can we deal with people who are negative? So either as a, as a one-off, you know, maybe a client that's been uncharacteristically negative or the people that you do get who are just negative seemingly about everything consistently and they always seem to focus on the problems rather than the solutions or rather than thinking about the things that are going well they focus on what's not going well so what how what can we yeah because you, you, you asked me this a, a little bit earlier on today and i think again along with the empathy lines i can't one of the things i've been saying to people in the training courses is that to begin with you're going to have to get to where they are so sometimes when people are negative we either get defensive or we try to respond with a positive i think the first thing you've got to do is acknowledge how they're feeling show verbalize the empathy and show just verbally show that you've understood their negativity and that you've acknowledged their concerns or their threats some people are also you know are just naturally away from motivated just they will spot the flaws or the problems first so i think you've got to meet them halfway meet them where they are to begin with and then once you've done that i think you're going to get licensed to then start doing the positives so i think talk to the negative first but then slowly bring them around to the positives and i would i would also suggest um you get more of what you praise so tell them what you liked so they're giving you some feedback that was constructive and helpful as opposed to critical you could just say to them look I, I really liked it when you gave me that really good description of what you wanted to see done better could I have more of that I think we could then avoid avoid these problems more of that would be good please so I'd yeah I'd try I'd go for the, the acknowledgement and then I'd go for the praise Katie I think yeah the sort of positive reinforcement yes uh, like yes. clicker training for clients <laughs> um and I think there's something you said earlier as well which is the kind of asking them if they're not happy about something what would they like to see instead I thought that was a really good question to say like you know if if you're not happy with something what would make you happy and kind of almost force them to think about the positive rather than dwell on the negative and I know that can be really challenging for some people um because they're so used to zooming in on the negative stuff and then they kind of go oh um uh uh, and they might even go, I don't know, I just know it's not this. And they go, okay, well, just just try, have, you know, have a think. You know, I'm not asking you to do the whole design or anything, but just tell me, like, one thing that would be better um, and just help help them to kind of do it. And if Because they're probably doing this to everybody in their lives. If they're, if they're somebody that is just accustomed to do it, you know, they, they might have been brought up that way. They might have been surrounded by negative people and it's just a habit that they have. And so trying to do that, if if it's something that, you know, isn't your fault, or it's not something that you have done, 
um, and it's and it's just a case of there being negative. And then I think it's maybe a slightly different approach if you have fucked up, yes. isn't it? We're making this a sweary episode. I'm just going to go all in. Um, so if you've messed up and you have caused a problem, you know, if, if, if you have dropped the ball or something and so the client is a bit negative because of yeah, that, getting what can you do I would it? start with the empathy again. I would just acknowledge it and empathise with the, not just acknowledge what's happened, but empathise with the impact that that's had on people and the problem that it's caused. And I think just, yeah, just acknowledge that and just own it, I think, to begin with. Because if we've done something wrong, it's had an impact on someone else and they're not going to be interested in our excuses until we've acknowledged the the, the inconvenience or the problem it's caused them it, sometimes when we make a mistake it provokes fear in other people and you might not recognize it as that but if they're paying money for a service and it's not their money they're doing it on behalf of a company or they've spent a lot of their cash on something they might get very panicky when the things don't go right and so you've kind of just got to acknowledge their fears and just to help help them be reassured about that and once you've done that you've probably got a bit more license to give your excuses or to explain what happened so definitely own it acknowledge it give people reassurance over it and then perhaps you can start to explain and and suggest a way forward as well yeah and i think definitely what you were saying about people don't want to they don't care about your your kind of excuses unless unless you've kind of you know just acknowledged that something went wrong um I think one thing that I try and say that seems to work quite well is, you know, this isn't an excuse. I just want you to know this is why it's happened and here's what I'm doing to make sure it's not going to happen again. Because I think that's a, when you were saying the fear. I think if you if you mess something up once, then the clients might start to kind of go, okay, well, is this going to be a regular occurrence? You know, are they going to miss, if you've missed a deadline, are they going to just keep missing deadlines? But actually, if you can say to them, actually, this was a one-off, this is why it happened. And here's the steps I'm making, putting in place to make sure this isn't going to happen again. Um, and, and try not to be too defensive if they are angry with you. I think sometimes, you know, we were saying like, sometimes you just need to vent. And I think sometimes for some clients, it, it is helpful just to like let them get their frustration out rather than trying to curb them off and go, no, well, actually I didn't do that. And actually that wasn't my fault. Actually just let them get it out of the system. And then once they've had a chance to calm down a bit, then go, go kind of revisit it. You and I always say as well, Michelle, try and have these conversations in person or over the phone or by Skype. Yeah, rather too much than by is lost, email, I think, otherwise. Because it can, it can smooth over a lot of problems if we do that. Um, and I think the other thing to mention as well would be, like you said before about minimizing and maximizing it. Like if you've messed up, don't assume the client sees it the same way. So I've, I did it once where I, I like, a client wanted um, a QR code to put on a banner and I accidentally gave them, so with Squarespace, the way it works is you have like a kind of admin, like Squarespace domain. So it'd be like mysite.squarespace.com. And then you have your proper public facing website address, like mysite.com. And I'd actually given them the, the one that said Squarespace in it. So when people clicked on the link, it went to the version of the site that said squarespace.com at the end of it. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is so terrible. It's going to look really unprofessional. And I was like, I'm just going to have to yeah, own it and go and said, look, I'm really sorry. I've messed up. I've given you the wrong address. She's like, is the page content going to be the same? I was like, yeah. She's like, and it's going to look the same. I was like, yeah, it's literally just the address bar at the top that's going to be different. She's yeah. like, oh, I don't care about that. That's fine. And she literally wasn't bothered in the slightest. Um, and actually, in the end, it turned out that somebody had messed up with the banner printing, so they oh. didn't have the QR code on it anyway. So it was fine. Um, but I think, like, you know, also, 
can go the other way where if you think something isn't a big deal but the client is again acknowledge that to them it is a big deal and it has had an impact even if to you it seems quite minor um i think i think that's the other thing so just yeah take into account that you might not be seeing it in the same way it's good to get those feelings in check when you're dealing with it we're dealing with the negativity there's normally a cause for it and most all that most people want is just for you to see it from their point of view really yeah exactly um so this has been quite a long episode today Um, obviously a lot of stuff to talk about and turning our negatives into negatives as roland said to me the other day um so I know, I know. He 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 loved it because it was cringe. Um, so at the end of each episode, we always try and just take kind of the one tip that we would choose out of all the stuff that we've talked about to tackle this problem. So Michelle, what would be the one tip that you would kind of say if you wanted to flip yeah, your mindset from negative to positive? It depends whether it involves someone else or not. If we're talking about, if it's just for you, just inside your head, I would say physically change your state. So go for a walk, change your body, do some breathing, do some sun salutations. Uh, like you're saying, the mindfulness, Katie, focus on one thing and just change your body. If it's to do with someone else, the number one thing that I think always makes you feel better is empathy. It's the hardest one to do. But if the negativity is coming from someone else, put yourself in their shoes, not just because it helps you see things from their perspective. It does make you feel better. And it's very hard to stay in the same negative state or stay angry or frustrated at someone when you start to get that perspective. So that's the, the best thing you can do both in the short term I think and also for the more longer term thinking habits as well what about you I think for me if it's with somebody else the asking what they would like instead or what they would like to see and focusing on that I really like that question to say like okay I see that you're unhappy about this what what would make it better or what would you like to see instead um, so that'd be my my one tip for someone else I think if it's for me I really liked what you were saying about repositioning stuff and reframing it um, and just kind of, yeah, putting it into the wider context and actually going, um, and that's hard to do in the moment, but I think afterwards, certainly it, it helps. Um, I think in the moment it's quite, you know, when, when you're in the middle of, of something going wrong, it's quite hard to be like, oh no, this isn't, this isn't the world ending. It, it, it sometimes feels like, oh, this is the end of the world. Um, but I think, it, you know, trying to kind of teach myself a bit more to kind of go, yeah. take a step back, you know, we'll, 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 we'll kind of, you know, I plan to live to 107. So um, will 107 year old me be upset about this? Yeah, like. no, that's so, that's so true, Katie. And, you know, I was talking about gratitude earlier. One of the best questions on that course I was asked is, how can I be grateful for this problem? And that's a really weird question. But you're so right Ooh. when you ask yourself those questions. That is good. But how can I be grateful for the problem? Because let's be honest, they're all first world problems where we're coming from, aren't they? And that can really help. The same thing, that perspective yes, taking, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. And the ridiculous thing actually is that I'm really good at solving problems creatively. Like that's one of the things I bring to my work is the creative problem solving and just in life as well. But the stupid thing is I don't, and I, I love doing it as well. I love figuring out, a, you know, a way to get around something that, that no one else has thought of uh, but in the moment I forget that I like that and I forget that it's an opportunity for me to practice that so I just need to remind myself a bit more um yeah how, how to deal with that um so as usual we want to hear from you guys and let us know how you deal with negative stuff uh, have you got any top tips or tricks or is there something that 
even with all of this stuff you still feel really stuck on let's like you know let's see if we can help let's see if the the kind of freelance community can pitch in and help uh, you, you kind of get over that problem as well and of course if you've got any problems that you'd like us to tackle in the future then do let us know we're at 99 problems cast on twitter so the number 99 problems are then cast as in podcast um, you can also find us on our individual twitter accounts um, if you go through to that twitter account you'll see links to mine and, and michelle's um, but it's so nice That's to true. have one that That's we don't have to better. try and spell yeah. out every day well i'm sort of spelling it a bit but it's easier than yours michelle to spell out um, and so, yeah, we'll see you next time for another episode of 99 Problems, But a Boss Ain't One. <laughs>